Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number, wait. Is that no. a question? <laughs> case Reopened. There's a D at the end. It's not Case Reopened. We should add a question mark to the end. No. Case Reopened? We don't need questions. <laughs> it's a uh, declarative. Anyhow, it's the Case Reopened podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees. I'm joined by the lovely Colleen. Hello. And... Today we're talking about episode 205 of Detective Conan, the Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story 3, Part 1. What a mouthful. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, try saying that three times quickly. Okay, you don't have to. Try no, I'm not. Say I can't. No, you're saying it. You're I am it. garbage at tongue twisters. Do not make me do this on air. <laughs> this isn't a tongue twister. It's just anime. A little Japanese magic for you, Colin. Oh, even better. All right, just say it two times fast. <laughs> Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story 3, Part 1. Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story Part 3. No, I got that wrong. Love Story 3, <laughs> Part 1. <laughs> you goofed it, Colleen. I knew I would. All right, so this originally aired August 28th, 2000. And as you remembered from the last time we recorded, the uh, Conan's Hint was Station Board. Which, I understand what it is. It's just, I guess I never called it by its name. So, station board just sounds funny. Also, we don't really get to see the station board. Like, whatever tipped off Takagi for his hint. <laughs> right. So, like, pretty useless to the viewer. Yeah. like It's a pretty bad like thing to use as the hint when... Like, he looks at it, and we know that that's what inspired him, so we know it's the hint, but, like, I don't know. It's Takagi's hint. Not the greatest. It's not our hint, it's just for him. Takagi's hint. So, we start this episode with a brand new opening song, Colleen. It's been a while since we had a new opening song, and uh, previously, we had the song for a while, it was... You can tell I didn't have this prepared, so I'm looking it up. It was Mysterious Eyes by Garnet Crow. Mm-hmm. So now it's Koiwa Thrill Shock Suspense by Rina Ayuchi. And uh, I think this is a, a banger of an intro. And uh, it also has Conan doing like hand dancing, which is really a bad sight. He has no. <laughs> I like this song, but I, the intro is very bad. <laughs> Like, Conan doing his little hand dancing to it, it's terrible. Oh, what do you mean? It's a 10 out of 10 just just, for the dancing. It's probably the worst, (laughs) like, opening, like, just from a a pure, like, animation standpoint. Like, Conan doing his dramatic dancing, like... (laughs) It's like an odd version of voguing, almost. Um, It's... It stands out to me as being something so out of character. Like, I don't think Conan in the show would ever do that. If if you showed somebody an episode from this era with, like, this opening, they wouldn't, would think Conan was, t- like, something else. Like, I don't... I don't... Uh, I couldn't picture him doing this in the show. Like, did they think this dance was going to catch on? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I've got some trivia. Conan's dance style is known as Para Para, in that the instructions for this dance were released in the sheet music book, The Best of Detective Conan, and also as an insert in the CD case. Okay, I think we need to get our hands on that. So, you too can do the dance. So they wanted you to follow along at home to this really great dance by Conan. See, that makes more sense now, and... Like, how it was so repetitive. Like, why do we need to see this, like, four times? Or how many times that sequence gets repeated? Huh. Yeah, it's pretty more bad. you know. So, do you want to hear some of the lyrics, Colleen? Oh, go for it. Love is a thrill, shock, in suspense. Relying on unseen forces. Powerfully without locking up the heart's door. Powerfully. Maybe I was giving you pain, similar to what I've felt. Sorry, I hit my mic. Maybe I was giving you pain, similar to what I've felt, without thinking about what gave me pain, what I feared. 
I feared facing the complicated truth. The love it is thrill shock suspense. Even if I try to scatter doubt in the blue winds, I was unable to carry the burden with this small chest without locking up the heart's door, even if I must carry more anxiety and doubt as I can continue on. I'm not going to read the whole lyrics, but uh, I mean, I guess that kind of relates to canon. He has a small chest because he's like a six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Thrill, shock, suspense. Yeah, the chorus is pretty catchy since those are the three English words they use. <laughs> yeah. So what's your thoughts on this song? Is this Do you like this opening? Um... Like is an interesting way of putting it. It's fine. Uh, like I, I remember it so well because of. Do you like the song? Um, to a degree, I I wouldn't put it in my top five or anything. Wow, like that. it's fine. Okay. It's good. Like I don't mind, uh, watching it <laughs> a few times and then you know just being comfortable skipping it. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of like middle of the road i don't i don't think it's the worst opening but i couldn't like off the top of my head i don't know if i can come up with one i dislike more sorry this is not a very (laughs) put together review it's fine i'm gonna say that maybe you'll enjoy uh rena's other songs uh she'll be coming back for many more openings great i can't wait Uh, she also does this is opening eight she also does opening 11 14, 18, and 27, plus two of the movie themes, movie 8 and movie 11. Okay, good to know. So maybe Rena will win you over after the thrill, shock, and suspense. I know my one of my favorite openings is coming up, so who knows? It might be one that she does. Like, it's so bad that I don't remember, but it's been a while since I've we'll actually seen out. it. We'll find out. But yeah, I mean, looking at the other songs... Doki Doki, <laughs> a great song. Fill your heart. You know the Gary Gary Chop is a top tier in my eyes. Mysterious Eyes is what we had previously. Uh, Nazo in Unme No Roulette Mawashite, Shitty, Shitty. Uh, I'm sure. It Truth, a great detective of love. Those were the, those were the other ones. I don't really remember those three. But I'm sure they were fun. One was two mix. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you're, you're not too big of a fan of this one. I think I thought it was fine. Okay. I, I just remember it more for Conan's Bad Dancing. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, I kind of, it kind of makes me want to hand dance. Like, he's so dramatic with it, too. Like, he's not having a good time while dancing. I don't know what's compelling him to dance. Because he doesn't look like he's can. Like enjoying himself, he's very serious about it. Like yeah. it almost I don't know. makes you it wonder. It seems like Go ahead. it's almost like uh, Ron was taken captured, and he's being forced by like the kidnapper to record this dance. So he's doing this while thinking about how he can rescue the love of his life because he has to, or else she'll die. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, it's either that or maybe like he's you know trying to put together the puzzle pieces of a mystery and he's so serious and you know how in uh i can't think of like what's a there's like these crime shows that you'll see like all these like numbers and equations floating around in people's heads to make it seem like oh the genius is calculating something so it's like conan's doing that but instead of seeing those equations we just see like his hands flailing around so that's him, you know, thinking up the mystery and connecting all the dots. But yeah, he does not look like he's having a good time on the dance floor. The song is much more popular in Japan. In uh, the combined popularity poll for both opening and endings in honor of the thousandth episode of Conan, it ranked ninth overall. All right. Out of all the songs. Good job, Rina. I, I will admit yeah. that the chorus is quite catchy. The way that she, like puts that um uh in like the what what is it like he, she goes like thrill shock and then like suspense like 
I'm not yeah, going to sing it it's, out. It's a, it's a good song. Yeah. Sing it. No, no. Sing it along. Come on, Colleen. I dare you. It's okay. We've already had one dare for the evening. That's enough. <laughs> All right. So the episode begins. Cannon says, the police officers who are always busy, good luck to them on love in between the cases. Can love bloom on a police case, Colleen? Sure it can, just very, very slowly, apparently. So the episode begins with a fire being started inside the city by an arsonist. And uh, the creepy man is just like, that's a good girl. Grow. Grow bigger and leave the scars of your flame behind. (laughs) It's like, dude, could you not be, like, any more suspicious? Like, chill on, like, the talking to yourself and manic laughter. Like, what does this guy do in his regular day-to-day life? Like, does he work somewhere and this is just how he behaves all the time? I don't... Like, (laughs) can he have a normal existence or is he just, like, setting... What, do you think, like, arsonry is, like, a hobby? Like, ah, that's just what I do for the weekends, you know? Well, yeah, he has to somehow make money to buy the equipment he needs, I suppose, to... Uh, set these places on fire. Maybe he's just independently uh, wealthy. You then see Ayumi buying a toy from a gacha machine. Just so happens to be common Yaiba. Because of course it is. And (laughs) the man leaves the alleyway. And he says, One more. And this night before the carnival will be concluded. It's the beginning of the flames that will light up this stinking town. I like how this guy's committing fires, but he won't say a curse word. He just says stinking town. This little stinking town. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like he knew kids were around and listening. Yeah, Ayumi spots the strange man as he enters his car and speeds away. She then goes home with her mother, not knowing that a fire had just been started. What do you think about this fucking? Uh, sorry, what do you think about this? Uh, what do you think about this <laughs> arsonist guy? He's pretty weird. <laughs> this stinking guy. Uh, yeah, he he's definitely scary. Um, give him that. It, like his overall character design really also played up. Um, the I'll say it. He the insanity of sort of what he was saying, what he was doing. It was almost like ritualistic for him. Like he was like chanting well not chanting but like repeating some sort of mantra if you will so yeah i i didn't get the sense that he was in his right mind like in the right state of mind um so yeah definitely uh unpredictable there the next day ayumi gives a description of the man to the police while accompanied by the rest of the detective boys and hybera she's even along for uh the ride for once we haven't seen her in she a was bit. probably bored she's like fine i'll yeah, come I'm, with you guys i'm glad she got to get out of the house uh sato tries to draw a facial composite but it's just completely terrible even <laughs> gint is like you're really bad at drawing and it turns out that their typical sketch artist is out sick today takagi even makes fun of her what do you think colleen is he trying to neg her are you familiar with the concept of negging why don't you tell me your understanding of negging? So negging is when you insult the woman that you like um, to, you know, really take their self-esteem down a notch, and so they settle for you. Oh, okay. And it's you know, there's evidence that that works. I don't know. I just know that you're shit at podcasting. But, um... <laughs> I, that it's actually true, though. See, it's working. Um, yeah, so what, what do you think about Takagi's strategy here, making fun of the person he likes, Colin? I really don't think that Takagi was teasing her out of, like, teasing her uh, to try and get with her, or... Do you think, you don't think Takagi has read, like, the pickup artist manual to, of picking up 
women you know like he's reading that on the side no takagi strikes me more as either a pro wrestling kind of i don't know if there are pro wrestling magazines i'm sure you'll tell me that there are or comic books there are yeah definitely in japan so that's sort of what takagi's reading um pickup artist that would be shiratori's realm i could see him like studying that not that he's good at it (laughs) yeah the shiratori notes that uh, well, her sketch isn't very good. It has a surreal and noteworthy style. <laughs> and, like, we should really listen to this uh, critique because he's an art expert or at least on architecture or something like that. He is. And so Sata is like, hey, why don't you draw it instead? And <laughs> they both decline. And Shiratori is like, oh, I mostly do impressionist art. Oh, but pardon me. Isn't he cool? Oh, he, I love he, he's great. He's such a caricature of, like, any anything. <laughs> I love wine and impressionist art. Hmm. <laughs> so Takagi says they're not even sure Ayumi saw the culprit, but Conan disagrees. He says a man wearing a long trench coat with leather gloves on such a hot day that smells of lamp oil has to be the suspect. They then decide to analyze the scene of the crime with the kids... And then Sate says that they have to stop somewhere first as it's a special day for her. And they're uh, they're like, oh, is it your birthday? And she's like, it's the opposite of a birthday. Which yeah, apparently is a deep. death day. Yep. So we see her stop and she's praying on a street. Shiratori notes that today is the day that Sato's father, Officer Masayoshi, died while on duty. It was 18 years ago, and he died while chasing a robber at this intersection. She saw her father die while in the ambulance, and the case is called Shushiru. And uh, Conan very awkwardly is like, while this is being explained, he's like, let me give you some more information. (laughs) And he says that the criminal ran away after Masayoshi was hit by a truck, and Sato's father then repeatedly called out the name Shushiru, uh, which gave the case its name. And they're like, how do you know this? And he's like, oh, Kokoro told me. <laughs> it is kind of uncanny how uh, Conan, like, having read all these cases in the paper, probably, back when he was Shinichi, like, just remembers all the details and the dates and all that. Yeah, he's messed up in the head, Colin. He's got some issues. It's like you remembering all these weird details. No wonder you like them. You've got too much in common. Yeah, we're both net cases. <laughs> so uh, Takagi then recalls that he heard about it on television. And it was a flawless heist. And the only clues uh, were a 10 second security tape. Everything else remains a mystery. And the statute of limitations ran out three years ago. Sato is asked if the truck driver saw the criminal, but it turns out they were wearing a long raincoat, so they couldn't even tell if it was a man or woman. That's the secret when you're committing a crime, Colleen. Wear a long raincoat, and then nobody will know your gender. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it doesn't really do much for height, but yeah, sure. (laughs) Additionally, uh, nobody with the surname Shushiru was capable of committing the crime at the time. wonder how how much research they went into that. Like, every person named Shushiro, they were like, so what were you doing on this day at this time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't committing a robbery. And they're like, oh, there's, there, it wasn't them. Well, yes, lack, lack of an alibi means that they weren't there. So, uh, what do you think about getting this backstory here of Sato it's quite sad yeah it was definitely sad um I did appreciate learning a little bit more about her uh family situation because up till now she's really kind of been portrayed as the love interest for I suppose not only Takagi but the rest of the police force and she's kind of been portrayed as the badass female like the token female police officer on the force but uh 
the fact that we're actually getting a little bit more about her um, background just kind of solidifies her as part of the cast. Not that we've really gotten a lot yeah, of backstory on the other We needed Smurfette to have a uh, tragic backstory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anyone who's familiar with Smurfette's backstory, it is kind of sad. Wait, what is her backstory? I didn't know there was a chat. Go on, tell me. What's what's the Smurfette well, backstory? Okay. What's like, the lore? I suppose compared to Sato, it's not like that tragic, but Smurfette was actually created by Gargamel to infiltrate the Smurf village. Oh, so that's why there's only one female Smurf. Yeah. So at first, and it, I don't know how, like, good of a story this is what with like no please continue bo- we have time to fill we're only doing one episode <laughs> with like female body image and all that but so when gargamel created her she looked like basically a regular smurf but with like longer hair like she wasn't very quote-unquote attractive and none of the smurf like all the other smurfs are male so none of the male smurfs really cared about her or whatnot and so how do the regular smurfs uh how how did they get to be were they also created by gargamel or what happened there? i'm not sure i don't know i've i don't think i've come across how the they origin story of i don't oh yeah well there is a baby smurf so my theory was always that the the baby source was um smurfette and uh who's what's his name in english papa smurf and papa smurf's kid but yeah anyways so Papa Smurf eventually turned Smurfette into what she looks like now. So, yeah, it's just like, <sighs> take from that what you will, <laughs> the moral of the story. So now she's a real girl. Yeah, she's a babe Smurf. <laughs> she's a hot babe wow. Smurf. allegations of sexism among the Smurfs wiki. <laughs> um, Let's see. Another example of Smurfettes receiving different treatment than normal Smurfs occurred when Nanny invited all the Smurfs to a picnic, but they claimed they were too busy to go, despite Papa Smurf having previously mentioned that Smurfs do everything for each other. This shows that the Smurfs had not accepted the Smurfettes. Wait, is there multiple Smurfettes? I know there's one other girl Smurf. That's all. Like, she has, hmm. um, like, red pigtails, and she wears pink overalls. How did she get introduced? Oh gosh, that I think that like she comes in later in the series, and she's introduced with like several other like unique Smurfs. Like there's a jungle Smurf and a a farmer Smurf that wears like a different kind of hat. Um, so yeah, at one point, and there's like a Sasset. Sasset, and then there's like a Grandpa Smurf who's like even older than Papa Smurf. So it's just like Grandpa I don't know where they Smurf. actually came from. I forget. Oh, Grandpa Smurf. Grampy. Um, so, Sasset was evil at first as she was created using Gargamel's original spell, but with a Smurf-sized lump of magical blue clay. Papa Smurf used the same potion on her that he had used on Smurfette to make her a real Smurf. Sasset is a little freckled red-haired female Smurfling with pigtails and pink overalls. Yeah, so she's like the Anna Green Gables of the Smurfs. She has a somewhat of a warm place in her heart. Oh, she marries Snappy Smurf. Oh, uh, the uh, the Smurf, the Smurf wiki is not very well kept. <laughs> a lot of it's just in like lowercase with no capitalization. So I don't know how accurate everything is. Um, because people don't really care that much about the Sasset Smurfling page. Her big quote from when she was evil was, You ugly rats! So. <laughs> Whoever manages that wiki page, um, you know, just <laughs> be warned. Like, you never know who's going to read it, so make sure it's right, up to date. Who's Smurf Willow? Uh oh. Very Smurfy non canon warning. This article or section contains non canonical information that is not considered to be an official part of either the Smurfs Franco Belgian comic book series or the 1980 Smurfs cartoon show series and should not be considered part of the overall storyline of either. So, uh, Smurf Willow appears in Smurfs The Lost Village film, which was released in 2017 by Sony Pictures. There's one of these films where, like, Katy Perry voiced, uh, Smurfette. Did you see that? Oh, I haven't seen uh, the 
what are they? CGI? Demi Lovato voiced Smurfette in Smurfs of the Lost Village. So, quite the uh, quite the the star-studded voice cast for Smurfs of the Lost Village. We have Rain Wilson as Gargamel. Uh, we have Julia Roberts as Smurf Willow. We have Gabriel Glacius as Jokey. Wow, what a star-studded cast, like you said. Yeah, amazing. All right, we should get back to <laughs> Detective Gannon. Case reopened. I think we, I think we filled our time of Smurf talk. Um, so how do we even get on the Smurfs? I have no clue. Um, uh, anyhow, <laughs> we don't need to know. So, um. Sato mentions that there was a fourth clue that most people don't know about. Her father wrote three katakana letters in his police notebook. Uh, they spelled out... The three letters are ka, n, and o. They're spelled out kano. The police kept the information classified, and she says that she has no clue what it means. She then says that as a kid, she'd look at those letters and would think to herself that she'd grant the wish of any person that solved this mystery. So the horn dogs on the police force, uh, Takagi and Shiratori, both start daydreaming of Sato in a wedding dress. <laughs> and meanwhile, all the kids give their uh, uh, requirements if they win. Genta says he wants 1,000 rice bowls. Ayumi wants to live in the castle at Tropical Land. Mitsuhiko wants to go to the International Space Station. Hibera wants a brand name bag. And Conan wants a ticket to the next World Cup. So, let's dissect these answers. I don't think most of them are very interesting. <laughs> but I found it interesting that Hybera gave an answer that was so, you know, materialistic. You think she's, like, trying to pretend, you know, like, oh, this is what a girl would want? Or do you think that deep down she does have a, a side for fashion and wants to be flaunting uh you know, like a Chanel bag or something. It's possible. I mean, of the detective. Give us your character. I mean, what what would you want? <laughs> Do you want a brand name bag? No. <laughs> okay, so she must be just pretending that. Okay. Sure, because that, that's what know. I do. I just sort of, like, get a brand name bag just so I can fit in and show. Wait, do you have a brand name bag? What's the nicest bag you have? The nicest one? Oh, shoot. What is it? <laughs> I can't see it right now. It's a... I want to say it's a Michael Kors. Oh, see, that's name brand. I knew I that. Think that's, I think... Does that qualify as a name brand? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Mind you, it's like the only one I have that's a name brand. But, um, yeah. So, if we're comparing me to Hybera, that's definitely not what I would ask for. But... The truth is coming out. Colleen <laughs> is flaunting her her name brand bags yeah all one of them um yeah so i don't know if uh hyper like because she's quite fashionable like she's wearing she whatever she usually wears is probably the most like mature of the group so um but yeah i i suppose like what what else would she ask for like some really sciencey thing Wow. Just looking at more Smurfs, man. <laughs> the Smurflings. I think you're a good candidate to manage the Smurf wiki now. You can just be like, I'm taking over this wiki. I can't deal with that level of responsibility. <laughs> so. Yeah, you don't want to let all the Smurf el- fans down. Yeah, so an elderly group with flowers then appears and Sato recognizes them. They're all members of her father's baseball club from when he was in high school. There's the ace, Sariwatari uh, Hidaru, the strong-armed, uh, strong-armed Kano Shuji, the slugger Inamata Mitsuo, and their beautiful manager, the grandma, Kandori <laughs> Chiyoko. The grandma? Well, she is now, right? Uh, they decided to have a drink together today and came to greet their captain and lay down flowers for him first, they then tell Sate that she's free to join them later at the usual spot. What did you think about this baseball team? Oh, they were all suspicious-looking characters. <laughs> I never trust anybody over 50. <laughs> is that like a policy in life, or is that just for the show? 
both. <laughs> okay. All right, so two of them were under 50. So Shuji Kano is only 49, and then the Hot Granny uh, is only 49 as well. So that means the two suspicious people are Hiro Sarawatari and Mitsuo Inamata. So we have we've already narrowed it down to two. Okay. I'm also like and I don't think there was a translator's note to explain this. I'm bothered that the clue that we were given from Sato's dad is the same as one of the characters' names. So I'm just like, how is there no connection being made here until like oh, later on? It is. <laughs> wow, it is. <laughs> I love how like this is like I didn't even a case that. that's almost at its statute of limitations and nobody like bothered to realize the connection. <laughs> it oh, must be no. a Japanese so magic the, thing. That's all. Is that the culprit? Oh god, it is gonna be. The oh, did you? Do. Okay, never mind. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> That's really funny. If it was that, <laughs> there had to be like. Okay, we'll see how it's played out. That is ridiculous that she could never figure that <laughs> out. She's. <laughs> I looked so long, wondering what could these mean, <laughs> and it's just the dude's name. Wow. <laughs> And that's what Takagi sees on the station board. Oh my gosh. It's Kano. Wow. Okay. There you go. So, uh, Shiratori gets a call from uh, Inspector Meguri, and he learns that the arsonist has been spotted in Shinagawa. It's mentioned that he has long hair with, uh, he has long hair with a hat and a gray coat. Meguri tells him to leave the kids with Sato and for Shiratori and Takagi to search. Turns out that Takagi forgot his handcuffs at the station, but it's too late to retrieve them. Takagi says it's no big deal as Shiratori has his handcuffs in his magazine fortune teller. Says he's super lucky today. Okay. Thanks do for you, that. Do you read, like, your horoscopes, Colleen? Not on a regular basis. Like, if someone reads it for mm. me, I'll listen, I suppose. Well, I just looked up yours for the day. Okay. <laughs> I know your sign. Yeah, apparently. Okay, go for it. And it's, <laughs> it says uh, it's time to give up and to stop doing the Canon podcast. <laughs> well, it's oddly specific, <laughs> considering how many, uh, you know, Libras do a Detective Canon podcast. What, what sign was your sign? <laughs> I'm assuming it's not a Libra. It's not. It's not a Libra. What is it? I'm a Gemini. Gemini. You got. You were like Jeez. sort of close. Libra has like two things associated with it. Yeah. There you go. You know who else is a Gemini? Kendrick Lamar, the great rapper. So, great. Kendrick the... and I are like twins, twinsies, literally, because we're Gemini. It's good to know. You know who else is a Gemini? <laughs> a lot of other people. <laughs> it's true. I know it's not Conan, so I'm not sure. Kanye West is a Gemini. Okay. Yeah. You're just gonna like name all the Gemini rappers. I don't know. Those are the only Geminis okay. I know off the top of my head. Oh you didn't Kendrick... even look that up. Wow. Now who's no. like who knows dates and things? Wrong, you know. Um, so Sato then has a flashback to the day her father died, her father also a Gemini. <laughs> and as her father was leaving the house, he told them not to worry, as the fortune teller said he was super lucky that day. And then after he leaves, Sato finds her father's handcuffs that he accidentally forgot. We then see her final moments with her father in the ambulance. And um so, yeah, it's quite sad. She then tells Takagi to take a pair of rusty handcuffs she has on her and says they're a memento of her father. She mentions that she broke hers during the Higashida case, so she's been using them ever since, and that they should work perfect as a charm. How does a police station not have more, like, handcuffs? Certainly she can get a uh, working pair. Like, sh shouldn't they have, like, a fruitful amount of backup handcuffs? Yeah, like they had a shortage. 
I I don't know like what how much time has passed since that case, right? Like they make it seem like she just didn't have time to restock, so she's been using her dad's old pair. Um Yeah, so that case was Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story two, which was episodes one fifty six and one fifty seven. So it's been Oh, so it's been like three 50 days. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then if we go off the the uh, manga, that was in volume 24, and this is in volume 27. So I guess it hasn't been quite as long. But like going back to your point, surely she could have just gotten yeah. a replacement, you know, the next day or something. You would think so. Yeah. So, but it's kind of cool how this comes back in the second part. It's like it, like it, it becomes such a important part of like what happens to Takagi. So I kind of like that uh, they did that that uh, connection at, in the second part with this uh, with this scene. So the police speed off and kind of wonders why the violent crimes unit is on an arsonist case. Sato reveals that a stab victim was found in the fourth fire site. She tells the kids not to leave her side. We then see that Shiratori and Takagi have apprehended the suspect at the Shinagawa train station. But the man says he's not an arsonist. He's just a regular thief. What a mix-up. Oh, darn. I'm not that bad of a criminal. I'm just this... (laughs) Yeah. Um... Come on, I, I would never start a fire. I'm just trying to steal some purses. Come on. <laughs> That's some, yes, yeah, brand I'm name I'm a good guy. From... Yeah, a brand name bag. I'm trying to get it to my, my good friend Colleen. <laughs> she needs more of these. Um, speaking of Shiratori and Takagi, I have a note here, and I don't know when it happened in the episode, but it just says, Shiratori says that they can take his car, and yet Takagi's the one who ends up driving. So I, I just... <laughs> thought it was so funny because it, like is Takagi driving Shiratori's car is that what we're supposed to get from that but uh I feel like the moment's passed because I quite I don't quite know when that happened <laughs> well I'm glad you brought it up it just happened a little bit ago probably <laughs> okay. um I don't know it's all the police's cars you know what I mean oh maybe I guess I always thought of them as their personal car like like the the car Sato's driving I thought it was her car Oh, I don't know. I, I just assumed they were in police cars, but you could be right. I don't know how the police system works in Japan. But anyhow, Takagi looks up at the station board, and this is when he has the revelation, and he solves the mystery. He goes back to call Sato, but Shiratori's is like, hey, who are you calling? He's like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, He's very cool under pressure. And causes a complete scene. <laughs> He's great. Rather than just calling her. So he has a cell yeah. phone, right? But he ends up going to a yeah. pay phone. <laughs> pay phone. Because <laughs> he figured that'd be less suspicious. He needed privacy, Colleen. Right, and that's what a clear plastic booth will give you. <laughs> privacy. Back to Sato, Ayumi shows her where she got the gacha toy, and that's when she receives a phone call from Takagi. He updates her on the case, and says that he knows the culprit from 18 years ago, and says it was among the four people that they met today. As he's on the payphone, we see a dark figure approach Takagi, but it winds up being Shiratori. The best. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? And uh, he, <laughs> Takagi's spooked by Shiratori. And so he quickly hangs up, and he's like, ah And then after he leaves the payphone, we see another dark figure behind them. So there is an evil there, Colleen. Right, that's not sure, Tori. Probably doing some impressionist art. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Takagi then runs off and calls again on his cell phone. He says he understands everything and how Sato's father determined the culprit. And Sato's like, okay, just say who it is. We've been through this like five times. And that's when he's attacked before he can give the criminal's name. If he would just like talk like a normal person and be like, hey, blank did it. Like this could have all been avoided. Yeah. Takagi just wanted to get everything out there. He just didn't do it quickly enough. So Sato then cries out for Takagi to no answer. 
and the criminal ends the call. She then calls Shiratori and tells him about what happened. Conan mentions the four from before went to the bar, and Sato says the tavern they go to is right in front of Shinagawa Station, which is where Takagi was. Then clicks for Sato, and she decides to go to the station, and she tells the kids to go home. However, Hybera says there's a chance that the person that attacked Takagi is the arsonist, so it makes sense to bring Ayumi, who is the eyewitness, uh, along with them. So now Sato has to go with the five kids here. <laughs> or, or how many is it? Six? Is it six? Conan and... Uh, five. No, five, five, five. But um, see what Hybera is doing here? She's trying to get to that general location where that thief was to get her handbag from him. I know. She wants the handbag. <laughs> So she's like, yeah, uh, bring us along because uh, Ayumi was the eyewitness and all of us have to come along for some reason. The episode ends with all the officers being alerted about the police attack and Sato is driving quickly and she says to herself, the one was among one of those four. The one who killed my dad. That can't be right. Dad! So, very dramatic uh, ending here. Oh, yes, it was. It was a very exciting ending, too. Lots of things kind of just laid out, and it just made you want to watch the next part immediately afterwards. Which uh, I guess you did. I did. Because you never know. Tyler always surprises me with how we're going to record things, so I was just like, I want to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always a surprise. So we get our ending song, which is also a new calling. That's right. We are spoiled today. It is Natsu no Maburoshi by Garnet Crow, who did the previous opening. Yes. Sorry, I didn't know if you wanted me to react to that. Yes. Wow. So they're quite involved in Detective Canon. So they've done do they have more four songs? openings. Yeah, they have three more openings later on. And while this is their first closing, they also have... Five more closings, and they did a movie theme song. So they don't mess around. Yeah. So what I'm seeing here is that there's, like, they pick several artists, and those artists just keep on, like, making songs for the show, I suppose. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in that. I don't think Ziggy ever returns, the uh, step-by-step musicians. Oh, I could be step wrong. by step, you're... Sorry. Beautiful. Yeah, Ziggy does not return, sadly. They're a one-off. But let's talk about this ending song. Uh, this seemed very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it's bad, but I, I did not remember the song. And once this run is over and it's only 13 episodes i will never remember this song it has the opposite problem of the opening which is arguably very memorable oh wow so this song samples i will be there by britney spears okay i'm gonna have to listen to this again because i don't remember that at all it says that they have nearly identical intros Okay, maybe because I don't know that song. Then I once again, we are proved wrong by the Japanese uh, polls. Uh, in the combined poll for all openings and endings, this song ranked eleventh. Oh, okay. Well, eleventh—that's middle. And like just to put it, put it out there, there are sixty-four closing themes. Okay, there so are yeah, fifty-four. It's, it's in the upper tier then. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we're talking about over a hundred of these. And this was 11th. Like, that's very high. And I, it just did nothing for me. But, you know, maybe let's take a look at these lyrics. And maybe it'll grow on us a little more over these 13 episodes. Yes, if we don't skip it. So the lyrics say, Tracing the airplane clouds beyond the window, Thinking about you, who I had a fight with today. Hesitating at the smallest things, being very unstable and risky, wishing that I can call you right away and laugh together like we used to. The happiness that is coming near brings along pain as it makes noises as it walks. 
I'm near you when you are thinking deeply. Summer's illusion. Closing my eyes, I think about you first. Holding on to the building feeling in the dream that will end someday. The world is large, and there are many unknown things. I might even lose myself. But I want to keep on living with you. Hesitating is okay. But don't let go of my hand. I was waiting for the strong offshore waves, being broken up and swept away. Searching for the same thing in the ever-changing world. And then it repeats. Um, so... Yeah, that's a song. Okay. Yep. There's I love a, the uh, pictures that the Conan wiki has of the closing, where it just says, Conan, Ron at home. Ron's laughing. A picture of Shinichi <laughs> Ron. Yeah, so it's one of those, like, character reflection type of endings, um, which, which has, like, again, if you were to show this to someone, they wouldn't know what the show was about like this has nothing to do with solving cases like nowhere does this scream detective um yeah so neither did the I last to... one the last one was just like photographs <laughs> but um yeah i, I don't think the sure, clo- so are, i don't know i don't think many like... closings really stick with me right is there one where like ron's naked or is that an opening where she's like doing a mystical girl a magical girl transformation uh I think that might be one of the openings. Oh, no, no, it is. Wasn't uh, it so that is my heart. Is that the one where she's ending number six? Kori no Ue ni Tatsuyoni, if you will. Um, uh, she gets naked in that. Okay. For Forever My Destiny. Yeah, so if there's no naked chicks, then it's not memorable. Or Conan dancing. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. As far as the, uh, as far as the uh, the the closing songs go, because she she was in the buff there. Oh, and you you're sending me a photo of it. Well, I'm just saying I'm not making it up. Yes, this is like very artistic. This is a, like Cher Tori painted this. <laughs> it was impressionist art of Ron naked. So yeah, I, I don't think either of us has strong feelings about this closing. So. No, not particularly. I did like the f- my favorite part was when they showed the photos of um, the play that they did during the Desperate Revival arc. That was sweet, but yeah. uh, other than that, yeah, not not too keen on this one either. It's it's fine. Yeah, that's a cool throwback. But yeah, we'll have to look up the "I Will Be There" by Britney Spears. So. There you go. Big in Japan. Uh, we do want to give thanks to our Patreon supporters, our biggest supporters on Patreon. Shout out to Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and the Big Chief Mason. Uh, we appreciate you all. Yeah, you guys are smurfing uh, awesome. Supporting this. You're smurfing awesome. You're all smurfettes in my eyes. You're all real smurfs. <laughs> and then... Our next episode will be Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story Part 2. How exciting. Very exciting. Like, who could it be if it's one of the four? And, gee, I wonder the guy with the similar name to the clue. (laughs) Yeah. And the count intent is Ramaji, which is writing, like, Japanese and English letters. And they show this by writing out Ayumi, Mitsuhiko, and Genta, which is nice. So I'm guessing, like, because <laughs> it became very obvious once you mentioned that uh, the name is in the hint. I'm guessing, like, since she, it was in uh, Katakana, I'm guessing she never tried to put it in Ramaji. Which seems like if you spent years, like, going over this, you would eventually do that. But, I don't know, she was like 10. But, uh... yeah. But yeah. it does seem like an oversight once she's an adult and a police officer. Like, if she's been following this case or trying to solve it in her adulthood, then, yeah, it just seems like maybe that's something she should have tried. I Like, Conan, yeah, Conan on, seems Sansa. to be able to do it. Like, I don't know how how it works for him, but 
like obviously because he's the main character so obviously he'll just do it but like you know how sometimes they're they're doing the the they're trying to like solve the case and then all of a sudden conan's like oh it's the western alphabet it's this yeah so that'll happen next time and sata says next time is the solution and takagi says i'm takagi a police officer (laughs) why does he say this colleen because he's adorable (laughs) sata then says i thought you were done for and then he goes oh yeah ah (laughs) that was so hilarious his like playing dead sound <sighs> so, yeah. What were your final thoughts on part one of the Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story 3? Part one, Colin. <laughs> well, I thought the whole episode was really good. Um, there were no lulls in the action or the information being conveyed. So I thought the story was very well crafted. Um, what with giving us the elements of the case from 18 years ago while still investigating the present day case. And at this point, like, I definitely wanted to know what the connection was between the two. Um, because we've seen before how Conan, like, the show has done this to us before where they, like, take something from the past and, like, bring it into the present. Um, so I won't give away whether there is a connection or not, but at this point I was very much intrigued to find out if there would be one. Um, the dynamic between the police officers was comedic, and it, it was fun to watch. And, of course, the remarkable thing about this was that Takagi pieces together the case before anyone else does, which uh, we don't see too often. Yeah, I liked it, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good episode. Um... <laughs> i like that we got backstory for sato i thought that was you know needed for her development and it also gives her you know more meaning for why she became a cop and you know what justice means to her so i think that that was meaningful i always enjoy seeing all the detectives interact Uh, the, the, the police love stories are always a highlight for me so i'm always excited when they come up uh the episode ends in a very exciting manner like you said it's all these different pieces coming together and uh i'm excited to see part two even though the uh when you're reading with the subtitles the kana things kind of screams out at you once you look at their names and then you're like oh yeah it's just one of the his name's just the hint. of being an english language speaker i suppose yeah but, um, yeah, solid episode. Excited for part two. It seems like a really good case. And we got to experience two new songs, which is exciting. Even if neither are my favorite, I do find the hand dancing very funny. <laughs> Probably going to be hand dancing all night now because it's just in me, Colleen. I love the hand dance. And make sure you're, you know, singing along. Thrill, shock, suspense. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, with Colleen's beautiful rendition of the theme song, our own Rena. Oh, Ayuchi. please. That was disgustingly bad, and we all know it. I wasn't trying. We'll be back with episode 206 next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, and remember one truth always prevails. <laughs>